Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Like a good neighbor, State Farm is here. We're not sponsored by State Farm. We're not... That was just a freebie. (laughs) That was a freebie, Jake. Okay? It's just because we have to talk about the nature of your teleporting abilities. Yes. And if you don't know what we're talking about, stay tuned to the very end because you will hear about some fun stuff that Mm -hmm. we have working up. Um, Here's the thing. We've got a great episode. It's a bit of a bummer. But what do you expect after such a banger-ass episode Mm -hmm. uh, last week? Um, But before we get into it, we have got some news uh, and news. So... (laughs) first of all if you are listening to this on the day that it comes out monday uh then tomorrow on tuesday october 25th at 6 p.m pacific time i will be going live on travel channels tiktok that's right the tiktok owned by travel channel to do a live ghost hunt with literally lizzie and kelsey child it's going to be on the warner brothers lot it's going to be a lot of fun and i absolutely cannot wait to um pee my pants live on the internet it is going to happen excited about it excited um if you are in Los Angeles or visiting Los next week on October 31st, Jesus Ween, the spookiest of holidays, then you should go to the Comedy Store for Roast Battle League One. Woohoo! It is the best battlers from all over the world competing against each other in one night of madness. It's it pretty is, dope. You guys should come. It is so freaking exciting, and I cannot wait to. Uh, I'm already see. I'm already censoring myself. You're welcome, All Travel right. oh, Channel. It's great. Yeah, this thing fucking rocks my shit. Anyway, <laughs> so it, <laughs> I don't know if you know, but roast battle fucks, dude. It fucking fucks. Okay. All right. I gotta. I do. I for real gotta stop doing that. <laughs> Um, this show is going to be absolutely bananas. I will be there and you should be too. I'm not performing, by the way. I'm just going to watch Paige because it's going to be a killer night of battles and I cannot wait. And you've met my opponent before I have, which is kind of fun too. I have. Yeah. We were on a show together in Austin, Texas. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. and I also met her boyfriend who looks uh, just like Haley Joel Osment. My favorite is that the poster for for RB1 just says not Haley Joel Osment. (laughs) A bunch of other people it's like champion this person and then it's just like not Haley Joel Osment and it's one of my favorite parts of that poster. Wow what an asshole move by whoever by whoever (laughs) made that poster. (laughs) Cashed in on that $600 that Brian Moses owed him and made that poster. Wow, I wonder who it could be. Uh, yeah, it was me. No I did it, and it's I'm probably sorry. Jake from State Farm. <laughs> we can't mention him. He will show up. Uh, yeah, so tomorrow, Tuesday, October 25th, I will be ghost hunting on Travel Channel's TikTok. On October 31st, Paige will be uh, battling on a night of killer battles. Um, also, if you want to help support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash cult podcast. We are uploading episodes of the speculation zone again. This one uh, that just came out this past Friday is about the Knights Templar. It is so good. It's a very fun episode for sure. I can send you personally page three excerpts that I have because they are so funny. I had 
such a blast recording that. And uh, I'm not saying this just to get you to go subscribe. It is just like speculation zone episodes are so fun and I'm glad that we're doing them again. Um, yeah. And without any further ado, let's hop into the show. Let's just go, go, go. Like a good podcast. Cult podcast is there. We're going to get sued. Don't give a shit. <laughs> Cult podcast features adult themes and graphic descriptions of violence. Listener discretion is advised. Now, please enjoy the show. Don't drink the For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm, organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership, organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers, organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships, and organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always, these are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cold Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have... The Chipotle Cleanse. The Chipotle Cleanse, coming to a Chipotle near you. <laughs> this is... Paige has informed me that she is on day three of what she is calling the, of Chipotle, the Chipotle Cleanse. cleanse. <laughs> yeah, which is explain explain this sure 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 so here's my thing with chipotle i go through phases where i like chipotle or i don't like chipotle and usually whenever they have a new meat i'm in for a little bit and so i was in when it was fake brisket that didn't taste like brisket at all and i'm in right now when it's garlic guajillo steak i'm very in uh so i have been eating at chipotle for lunch while i'm working from home um but using my own Doritos from home instead of their chips because which I'm is, a champion. Yeah, which is very, I mean, it's very stoner of you, and I do appreciate it. Um, it, it is. I also had to, I had to smoke weed for a show for the first time, and I found I counted back four years. Wow. I think I was there the last time you smoked weed. You were. I was like trying to remember back when the last time was and I, it was for performing under the influence. We should uh, do like a little bonus spec zone chatty chat about it and we could talk about it. But Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The point of what I was trying to say is that you called it your Chipotle cleanse and my point of view is that the actual cleanse comes two hours after eating Chipotle when your entire body flushes itself out into a toilet yeah we gotta make this quick <laughs> I, I look i can relate i told you before we started recording <clears throat> i told you before we started recording that i just housed two fucking beard papas cream puffs so i just i just like injected lactose into my veins so directly into yeah, you yeah knowing mm -hmm. that eventually i would have to suffer for my crimes back. yeah yeah but you know I'm what sorry. i don't regret committing those crimes not one bit but you know who <laughs> should regret the crimes they've committed my toilet is probably gonna regret sometimes <laughs> <laughs> that and the crusaders the crusaders uh now what do you remember of last week 
Oh, all the fun stuff. I actually remember everything from last week because it was all fun stuff. Do we talk about the Cathars, who are yes. a group of people who are more Catholic than the Catholics? They also <laughs> believe in this weird, like, mixture of Buddhism and Catholicism that uh, basically says that you sh- you you are reincarnated until you finally achieve your purpose and oneness with the universe, and then you can sort of ascend. Um, but that extends to not wanting to have any kind of reproduction stuff because that means you're causing more reincarnations Mm -hmm. uh and that itself extends to not enjoying anything that has to do with reproduction i.e drinking milk or eating eggs um and milky milky eggs milky milky egg you know have sex make egg and sex make egg (laughs) and my personal favorite uh the fact that they think that fish just spawn into the world (laughs) Yeah, fish just appear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a conversation with some coworkers where we talked about how back in the day, before overfishing became, you know, the scourge, is that apparently the ocean used to just be dense as fuck. And Ugh. so that made me sort of realize, like, okay, I get why you think maybe fish just replenish magically when you just have a giant sea full of them. And again, like I said, you pull a fish out, fish ain't got no pee-pee. Fish ain't got no pee-pee. So <laughs> I see I see how you can think that. No have sex, make egg. Fish don't have pee-pee. Cathars, we're up to speed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fish just kind of appear like white people around a new Whole Foods. It's, <laughs> they show up. They show up. They're going to be there. Fish just appear like a new meat at Chipotle. I don't know where it came from, <laughs> but I am ready for it to fuck me up. Think smaller and more legs. Yeah. <laughs> I think about the fucking the rib witch like eight times a day, every single day. I in my brain, the McRib and the rib witch are one and the same. Yes, absolutely. Always have been, always shall be. Uh and I'm a new pantry a spiritu sandwich. So <laughs> yes. Um also, uh Megan, one of our listeners, has been so kind as to basically document everything she knows about pre-Nicene Christianity. So it is in the Facebook group. It's a huge Google Doc. It's something that we don't super have time to cover. It could be its own four or five episode series. But please go read it. Uh, She did a fantastic job. Appreciate it very much. So uh, if you'll remember from last week, the Cathars, who also would smother people to make sure they didn't sit. Yes, yeah, that's right. They uh, they went full Midsommar on, on their elderly. They did, they did, and that's actually going to come up in this episode quite a bit. They had kind of settled in the south of France, and some of the nobles there were kind of protecting them because they didn't want to make waves. And if you remember from the last episode, uh, Raymond VI, the Count of Toulouse, uh, sent his knights to murder one of the Pope's legates, because he was trying to get them to convert back to Catholicism. And that's where our story picks up today. Are you ready for sources? Absolutely. Great. It's Chipotle's menu through their <laughs> app. <laughs> we've got white lime rice, we've got pinto beans, and then all other rice and beans options are incorrect and invalid. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, so we have Behind the Bastards uh, episodes on Columbus. That's actually, like, I realized that it was really important in the first episode. It's going to become even more important in the next episode. Um, 
We have The Culture of Inquisition in Medieval England by Katie L. Walker and Mary C. Flannery. We have Inquisition by Edward Peters. We have The Vatican is Investigating the Inquisition in Secret, an article from the New York Times by Alessandra Stanley. We have The Spanish Inquisition from Encyclopedia Britannica. We have Christian-Jewish Relations, The Inquisition from the Jewish Virtual Library. We have Expecting the Spanish Inquisition, Economic Backwardness and Religious Persecution from CEPR. We have the Spanish Inquisition, Jewish History from Chabad.org. We have The Origins of the Inquisition in 15th Century Spain by B. Netanyahu. Uh, we have Conversos, Inquisition and the Expulsion of the Jews from Spain by Norman Roth. And we have, after 200 years, the Spanish Inquisition still exacts its toll. An article from The Guardian by Torsten Bell. Are you ready? Yes. Great. So, if you remember from last time, the Cathars had overstayed their welcome in the south of France, leading to that murder we just discussed. Now, here's the thing. That causes the Pope to declare an inquisition and a crusade into the Cathars. This results in two things. Uh, One known kind of globally as the medieval inquisition that encompasses multiple inquisitions over about a 250 year period and the Albigensian crusade, which takes place over about a hundred years. And we're going to cover kind of both of those today. They're kind of existing at the same time, all because of one thing heresy. And if you're looking for what heresy meant to them at the time, the Bishop of Lincoln, uh, Robert Grossesti, Grossesti, he defined heresy as an opinion chosen by human perception, created by human reason, founded on the scriptures, but contrary to the teachings of the church, publicly avowed and obstinately defended. And that last bit will be the nail in the Cathar's coffin. So, Pope Innocent III, lover of crusades. Yeah. Home dude was a huge fan. Ironically named. Yeah, exactly. Um, He pushed for a strong military front against the Cathar's following the murder of his legate, Pierre de Castelnau. Uh, since the Cathars were living in France, the Pope decided it was the King of France's job to do it. So King Philip II of France was not a fan of the Cathars. He didn't super care about what they believed, and he didn't really care about the heresy part. But if you listen to our Knights Templar episode, you'll know that this king, Pierre II, and his grandson, uh, or I'm sorry, King Philip II, and his grandson, King Philip IV, literally end up at war for the Pope in various contexts for almost 200 years. Um, King Philip II of France was mad at the Cathars because when they made the Pope mad, it made it look like either A, he didn't respect the Pope enough to take matters into his own hands and fix it, or he was incapable of controlling his own people. Uh, If you remember from the Knights Templar episode on our Speculation Zone feed, King Philip IV is the one that has all the Knights Templars executed because he was deeply indebted to them because literally King Philip II starts borrowing money for the Pope's wars and never stops. So for three generations, they borrow the equivalent modern day of millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. That's a pretty cool hack that no one ever teaches you is that if you are in a lot of debt, just kill them. Just kill the people. Just kill everyone honestly what i'm what look or blame them for 9-11 whatever you want to do what we're trying to say here at colt podcast is 
take down Bank of America by any means Ooh. necessary. Let me pull my money out first, but then yes. <laughs> and I don't mean financially. I mean a, a coordinated terrorist attack on a banking institution. Why did my mic cut out there? That got really weird. <laughs> I just would ask personally that mm -hmm. as you take down Bank of America, your rallying cry be overdraft this and just like <laughs> scream at them. Hold That's on. There's some look. somebody at my door saying oh. FBI. Oh, shit. Oh, Damn fuck. It. No. That would be the craziest episode. I would I would immediately stop recording and start exporting my audio so that I could have it up. That that's how we end the show is the FBI comes or the Scientologists come grab us in the middle of an episode and oh, it's yeah. just dead air, but we still posted it. Somehow. Absolutely. I mean, this show has been five years of me making myself just on so many different lists. It's like, <laughs> yeah, Armando Torres, explosives expert. Uh, uh, philosopher of white white power movements, uh, former member of the Ku Klux Klan, uh, <laughs> and it all came down when, on October twenty second, twenty twenty two, he called for the violent terrorist attack end of Bank of America. Bank of America. Mm -hmm. I don't like your online assistant. Just give me a phone number. I yeah. fucking hate Bank of America. They can eat my ass. Anyway, let's continue. So. For King Philip II, this is a matter of reputation. He needs to have the Pope on his side, politically. If he doesn't, he's the only country in Europe that doesn't, for the most part, and he has to stand alone, and that is a dangerous proposition. Now, in order to keep the Pope's favor, he has to go to war with the Cathars. Didn't love it. He's in a tough spot. But when the Pope demanded he take action, he knew it wasn't a request. He knew it was an order. And Raymond VI, the Count of Toulouse, realized as his king is being ordered to war that the Pope wasn't fucking around. And so Raymond VI apologizes almost instantly and blames the murder of the legate on a young knight who was just trying to prove himself to Raymond. Of course, conveniently, this knight has no name. There's no record of who it is. It is very much a tap dancing story to try and make the Pope forgive him. So, Raymond does get forgiven, briefly, temporarily, until the Council of Avignon in 1209, when he was excommunicated, because even though he had asked for forgiveness, he had continued to fuck shit up to keep the Cathars safe. So, the Pope in 1209 proclaimed a need for Europe to be free of heresy. He claimed that if they truly wanted to reclaim the Holy Lands, that first... Europe had to be a united front. Basically, we need to clean up our own backyard and then we'll go retake Jerusalem. That was the plan. So they would continue to send people to defend Jerusalem. That's what the Knights Templar are going to do during this time. But the Pope's focus was going to be closer to home in France. So in 1209, 10,000 Crusader soldiers gathered in Lyon, France and marched south. And they did something a little bit different than they had been doing with crusades in the past. See, they had enough soldiers from enough different places and enough different countries that they could rotate them 40 days on and then time off before another 40 days of shift. So, so soldiers would only serve a little over a month at a time and then take a rest period and then catch up with the army and serve another 40 days. Okay. So, 
Yeah, it was kind of ingenious, to be honest with you. I mean, and I, I'm saying that as they're about to do horrible things to people. Um, most of them were volunteers. And this is the crusade where they are told that whatever lands they conquer, they can keep. And that is the motivation for a lot of people to join. But it's also the motivation for them to kill anyone in their path. Uh, not just Cathars, not just people in the cities that they're targeting. This is a lot of where they are murdering Jews with abandon uh, because they can just claim that they weren't Catholic and they wouldn't convert. So we killed them. And so we'll see a lot of that. But that's how they get all these people here. So... In some cases, there were even soldiers from England and Austria. And this is a little bit of a complicated conflict of interest, shall we say. Nobody for sure knows who's in charge of this army at first, because it was supposed to be Philip II. However, when the soldiers arrived from England and Austria, he realized that King John of England and the Holy Roman Emperor Otto IV of Austria were aligned in planning to use this war to just straight up conquer part of France and take over it. So now, in order to do what the Pope wants, he has to work with people who actively want to take his throne and his kingdom. And fearing that they would attempt to assassinate him on the battlefield, he stayed behind and sent troops instead. But this slowed communication, because it would take weeks for letters to get back and forth. So eventually the Pope is like, Fine, if you want something done right, you do it your fucking self. And he sends a legate named Arnaud Almaric, who assumes control of the army, but again makes France look weak to the Pope. But the worst part of all this is Arnaud is a bloodthirsty killer. This dude is a, I mean, movie horror villain proportions of evil. Like, it is difficult to comprehend someone with such a callous disregard for human life in general, let alone humans even on their own side. He, he will kill probably close to 50,000 people in the next year. Jesus Christ. And I want to be very clear that you have to remember that we're talking about we're using this kind of language about somebody uh, that we're covering on this show where we have seen a lot of disregard for human life in the past before. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Also, again, sorry, I hate to hate to go back a little bit, but the, no, uh, for sure. the funniest thing about the letters to me is I was thinking about how often I send the dumbest text messages <laughs> and how, like, that would take so long. Like, if I was back then... I would, some poor bastard would ride night and day for two weeks straight and then finally get to the king's house with a letter and the king would open it up and it just has like asterisk ass, sorry, speech to text. <laughs> and I was using speech to text. I meant to type to ass, yeah. but like speak to text does it A, dollar sign, dollar sign. I can't help it. I'm yeah, too fly. Dude, fucking... And then immediately after that, another guy would show up with a letter that's just an emoji. <laughs> Eggplant, thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got a lot of things at play here. We have three different kings vying for control of this region because it will bolster their claim to the throne and make them look nice to the Pope. And all of them are trying to keep the Pope happy. 
we have a warmongering pope. Because remember, this is not his first rodeo. This is, he's already sent one crusade. He sent battle, like he sent, you know, armies to this region before. This is him sending crusade levels of people to this region. Again, a region within Europe to hurt other Christians. <laughs> Just reminding everyone. While they're assembling their armies, Raymond VI of Toulouse, the one who sent people to kill people, reached out to a few of his allies to help defend the region. Now, here's this is one of those episodes where a bunch of people have the same name. So there's Raymond VI, there's Raymond Roger, who's a different noble from a nearby area, and then there's Pierre Roger later. So there's a lot of Raymonds, Rogers, and Pierres, and Phillips. So Raymond reaches out to all of his friends, and they're like, you done fucked up, man. It's all you. <laughs> like, we are just going to stay out of it. And he basically realizes that they are about to be hung out to dry by this giant army. So, he kind of just hunkers down and hopes that they don't kill him. Now, granted, they get to him last. He's not the first city they hit. He just knows it's coming, and no one's there to help him, which means that the other cities around him are not going to fare any better. Additionally, wanting to prove loyalty to the Pope, a second crusader army springs up. This one is helmed by Archbishop of Bordeaux. Now, if you remember from the first crusade, the one of the commoners led by Peter the Hermit, like it's kind of like that, where it's a bunch of regular people, not soldiers. They just want to make the Pope think that they are on board and maybe snag some land. And they just went through all of the small towns around them and burned people at the stake for heresy. God damn. No trials, no nothing. Just burned people at the stake. A lot of times Jewish people because they didn't care. They're just snatching land and whoever they deem guilty is guilty. This is, first of all, motherfuckers got to stop simping for the Pope, okay? He's not going to call you back, first of all. Yeah, he's too busy calling Jesus, duh. <laughs> and that's the other thing, is that Jesus isn't even calling the Pope. Jesus yeah, is... Yeah, this is not Jesus' will, no. or God's will, or anything. This is just a Pope with a stick up his ass. Jesus is leaving this guy on red, and he's taking it out on everyone else. Yeah. You the papal states, and you're gonna leave me on red. <laughs> anyway, so... Now, the main army starts capturing small villages. Uh, they start with a village named Servian, and then they proceed to a village named Bezieres, Bezier, I believe, in July of 1209. And as they approached the village, they called out to the Catholics inside and asked them to come out and be spared and turn in their Cathar neighbors. Basically like, hey, if you send them out, we'll leave you alone. And the Catholics refused. These were their neighbors. These are the people they lived and worked alongside and had for at this point 50 plus years. So they just locked their gates and hoped for the best. But they were no match for the army. And the army took the city within a day. And some accounts of that day say that when Arnaud was asked how to tell the Cathars from the Catholics, he responded with, kill them all and God will know his own. Wow. Wow. Holy shit. 
For, uh, I hate to say it, but that's a baller ass villain line. It's a what? That's from like a war movie. Now people debate as to whether or not he actually said it, um, but regardless of whether he said it or not, they killed every man, woman, child, and infant in the town. Jesus Christ, dude. There's not an official number of how many. There are some people that claim 20,000, but that seems high given how many people they think lived there at the time. Um, nearly all of them unarmed. But historical records do have some of the letters that he wrote to the Pope about it. And he wrote back to the Pope in Rome, bragging about how many they killed including the story of his army murdering the Catholic clergy in the cathedral in town on the church altar just to be sure they got everyone. How, how did, how, oh man, how did he, how did he react to this? So here's the tricky part, because the army moved faster than the communication could move back to the Pope. Oh, God. But reportedly, the Pope gets the information and is like, good job, keep going. Yeah, Pope Innocent III is a fucking villain. It's wild. Yeah. Word of the massacre spreads to nearby cities, and so a bunch of them evacuate or surrender without a fight in hopes that the army won't kill them. And by and large, the army doesn't. They march through to Carcassonne. I probably can't pronounce this right. C-A-R-C-A-S-S-O-N-E. Carcassonne oh, I got is what you. it sounds like. Yeah, I got you, Paige. I pronounced got this it? one yet. <clears throat> so that one is pronounced Carcassonne. <laughs> And mm -hmm. then uh, there's, you might see one of those like weird little accent marks that they do. That's actually the sound of you sparking up a cigarette. <laughs> In the middle of it? Yeah. <laughs> so it's actually pronounced, Gakasson. So between the time that they murder all those people to the point where they get to the next big city, which was Carcassonne, only a week had passed. That's how fast the army is moving. So it's literally people running in fear from one city to the next, trying to warn people ahead of time. But Carcassonne had big walls and a bit of a standing army, not a huge one, but enough to at least keep their walls. And so their siege lasted six days before the army just cut off their water supply. They sent out emissaries to reach a truce, one of which being Ro Raymond Roger, who is the one that Raymond VI had written to, warning him this would happen. But they just take all those emissaries prisoner. They don't even really talk through peace. They let the city sit for another eight days without water and basically agree that the only way they will return their water supply is if they expel the Cathars from the city and if they do, the, armis, the army promised not to kill literally everyone. So the town takes all of the Cathars' possessions, few though they were, because remember they didn't, they were very anti-materialistic, and they send the Cathar refugees out in their undergarments, just some of them even naked. Um, in the meantime, Raymond Roger, who went out to try and broker peace, mysteriously dies. Some people say from dysentery. Other people say he was just straight up assassinated. There's not a definitive story. I, uh, 
what what two wild theories is either one he was assassinated in in the heat of his prime as he tried to stop this bloody conflict or two he fucking poopied himself to death either way he's ass assassinated (laughs) you can't you don't get to make these jokes as the chipotle cleanse is going to assassinate you okay you know what I will emerge from the bathroom in my underwear, just like the Cathars, to honor them. God, you're four days away from dysentery. <laughs> and this, again, this is coming from a man who eats whole waist shrimp, Paige. <laughs> anyway, at this point, although they've been fairly successful, they've been fairly disorganized as an army. So Simon de Montfort, a French noble, is placed in charge of the army to make sure that French interests are kept in check. Uh, But he's granted control of everything previously conquered. And then they just continue on conquering, tracing a bloody trail across the south, and nearly every Cathar stronghold falls. By December of 1209, they had made their way to one of the last holdouts, the Castle of Cabaret... (laughs) Oh, wait, what? Wait. Okay. It's a place. It's a real place. No, I know. And I know that Cabaret is probably named after that castle or the that place. Sure. But I do want to imagine that it is just the coolest castle in Europe. Yeah, where they're all just wearing like top hats and suspenders and slacks and they pull up and they're just like, Welcome and bienvenue to the army. Yeah. <laughs> Here are your um, uh, your uh, your no your munitions. We give you uh, weapons, uh, some armor, and uh, here are your your nipple tassels. Uh, if you could <laughs> and your tap shoes. Yes, we oui, we oui, absolutely. Um, Chasseurs de taps. Uh, so now drop down and give me twenty can cans, please. Please. Uh, do you know why the can can was so scandalous? Uh, because you're showing your thigh. So the underwear at the time uh, were something called split shorts often. So you could go to the bathroom without having to take all of your undergarments off. So that means when you kick, you can see everything. Ooh, so that has just... nothing to do with this episode. Just info for y'all. No, but that's what they they were just showing off a little flash of the vag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can can see fucking everything. <laughs> so they get to the castle of Cabaret. And Pierre Roger de Cabaret manages to beat the army back. So here's why. All those other cities that had fled, the few soldiers that they had, they all flee to the castle of Cabaret. And it's December, which means it's winter, there's snow, supply lines are disrupted, soldiers are dying because they're literally camped out in front of this castle in the snow. And so the benefit of the seasons, Pierre de Roger... Pierre Roger de Cabaret beats this army back. But it was short-lived. Because by March, the crusading armies had replenished with new soldiers. Remember, they were going in those rotations. Mm -hmm. And by June, they attacked another fortified city, the city of Minerva. Minerva? (laughs) Okay, that's... Fuck these names. That's fucking Harry Potter. Well, Minerva would have been a Roman god, uh, it, and it seems like that's part of where the name comes from because uh, it is spelled the same. But Minerva had heavy fortifications and it wasn't a strategic holdout except for the fact 
that they had somehow found out, either by, by messenger or by torturing people, that a huge number of Cathars had escaped there that were designated as perfect. Now, if you remember, that last rite that they have before dying is the one that kind of absolves you of all your sins, making you perfect. And that's kind of their goal. Now, a lot of people, as armies are invading, take those last rites because they're assuming that it's over. I'm going to die, basically, as they flee. So a huge amount of them and fleed to this city. And so they target that city specifically to try and kill as many of them as possible, knowing that A, they will probably not fight back, but B, that they want to die at that point, or so they believe. that. I mean, that's not necessarily accurate, but that's what the army believes. Yeah, it's not so much that they want to die, it's that they've come to peace with the fact that there is they nothing will. else that can happen. Yeah, Yeah, they have come to peace with the fact that they probably will. Now, when they arrive there, Simon de Montfort wants to treat them leniently. He's like, let's accept their surrender. But Arnaud Almaric refused on behalf of the Pope. So they allow the Catholics and soldiers to leave the city and go free, along with Cathars that had not accepted their last rites. Of the remaining Cathars, they offered to let them recant and change their beliefs and claim they did not believe the things they believed. Only three women recanted, but over 140 more people were burned at the stake. And it took so long to burn them that the Cathars grew tired of waiting and some of them started voluntarily walking into the flames to end it faster. Jesus Christ. The sky is said to have been black with the smoke of that many bodies burning at once. Oh my God. What kind of a fucking... I understand that you, you want to volunteer so that you can get it over with faster, but it, it does feel like the most macabre version of like, is anyone willing to check their bag to get on the flight faster? <laughs> yes, I do think they were also, it doesn't say they were being tortured, but they get heavily tortured later. Mm -hmm. So it would not surprise me if they were being tortured also yeah. and we're just like, fucking take it. Take me. I can't what? anymore. I can't. I mean... And they've been running from city to city to city to city to city all year. I can't understand how you, you like, you, I don't understand how you see yourself as the good guy doing any of this stuff. I know. I know. As soon as the last body had basically been reduced to smoldering piles of ash, mm. the army moved on. They moved on to a city called Termes. Uh, Cabaret assisted and lent some armies to Termes, but it was no use. The army had developed a strategy that seemed to work on every city where they would just cut off their water supply and wait. So Termes tried to produce a truce agreement. Um, however, a well-timed storm broke out and ruined the army's fortifications. So the Cathars escaped. And at this point, the army decides to take some time off and regroup. And at this point, I need to remind you, this is year one of this crusade. This has only been from mid-1209 to mid-1210. The army had conquered most of the south of France, killed tens of thousands of men, women, children, and infants. 
as they pause to regroup and gather more resources, resources in that time, in that gap of time, people start to hear about what's happening with those cities from either friends or relatives that lived there or just as people fled to other cities in the north. This sours everyone's opinion of the campaign as a whole because people are like, I'm sorry, you're doing what? You're fucking burning people alive? Like, what are we doing here? Oh, my God. There has to be one dude who is just traveling past that city and just... Oh, damn, that smells really good. And then later heard what was happening and just started vomiting and rethinking I'm not surprised. Everything else. That would probably definitely happen. Yeah. Um, you're, they were burning people? But like what... Um, but like what days were they doing that? Just... <laughs> uh, did they feed them a big feast first yeah. or something? It wouldn't have uh, happened to be on a day where the clouds were black and demons looked like they were in the sky. <laughs> that... Not that day. Mm. Um, anyway, soldiers from all over Europe who have now heard about this joined in in on the new army for their chance to pillage towns and claim places of land for their own promised to them by the Pope. One catch, though. The King of France had not super agreed to giving away that land and didn't want to give up his territory. So most of the remaining cities surrendered to avoid losing their land. That's the deal they make with them. Basically, like, if you go peacefully, you just keep your land. So the Cathars flee to Aragon, which is a portion of Spain that will come into play next week. Um, they are promised protection in Spain by Peter II of Aragon, who is a king of a portion of what is modern-day Spain, ordained by the Pope. So the Pope put this guy in power. But of course, all these people end up on his doorstep, and Peter II is like, I'm sorry, what was happening? They were just burning people alive because the Pope said so? So he writes to the Pope and is like, yo, what the fuck? Like, what is happening, dude? Like, I know that you put me in power, but holy shit, like, this is not okay. So the Pope denies everything and tries to give all the land seized back to Catholics but only to the Catholics. And Peter II thinks it's not enough. So he connects with Roman, not Roman, Raymond VI of Toulouse and a handful of other, uh, like I believe Cabaret gets in on it, a handful of other like little city states that are going to try and fight the Pope. And the Pope, instead of being like, I get it, you guys are mad, let's talk it out. It's fucking Innocent III, so he calls for an additional crusade, and he tells them that limited indulgences would be given to anyone living in the area that did not aid the Pope's, Pope's cause. Now, if you don't know about indulgences, it's the practice of buying like a get-out-of-sin-free card, kind of. Um, it's not widely practiced modern day. And it is what Martin Luther kind of rails against in his 95 Theses. But at the time, that was kind of saying like, hey, if you don't fucking help us, you're not going to heaven. So choose, essentially, is what he's saying. 
Yeah, I uh, I got a <laughs> page. I got a hot take here for you, and I Ooh, guarantee hot hot take. I guarantee you that it's the first time anyone's ever said this, but it's like probably <laughs> Pope Innocent, more like Pope Guilty the Third. <laughs> Call me Pope Guilty three thousand. What? <laughs> oh my God! What I I know we've harped on it before already, but like the the irony of being named innocent and then being one of the most evil human, a beings. bloodthirsty warmonger. Yes, this is yeah, fucking like terrible man. Yes. Oh my God. So now we have a region of Spain and some of the regions of France banding together against northern france england and Aust- air quotes austria modern day austria holy roman empire um and of course england and holy roman empire are only banding with northern france to try and take over france so like it's a whole bunch of people with a bunch of competing interests regardless peter ii had a hell of an army and in the battle of moret they actually forced the crusaders into a retreat But unfortunately, Peter is killed in battle because unlike King Philip II, he actually goes and fights with his people. He's killed. The other leaders of their their coalition flee to England. And England is happy to receive them because England don't give a fuck. England is just in it for the chaos. England is just stirring the shit. They're sending soldiers to help fight these people. But then when they flee there, they're like, oh, yeah, no, you're safe. Just hang out here. It's fine. (laughs) Oh, yeah, mate. Just be here. Stirring the shit. You know what? I can't do an accent, but you know who can do several different kinds of accents, Paige? I think I do. Yeah, it's our friends over at Dipsy. Uh, Let's hear about it. Research shows that sex is as mental as it is physical. Do you have that particular scene in a movie that you always fantasize about? Uh, absolutely, Paige. It's, uh, it's in Role Models. Really? Yeah, I know exactly. Look, here's the thing. There is one scene in the movie Role Models where a person takes her top off, and I still remember it because it was the first time I ever saw boobies in a TV show or a movie, and it made me extremely excited. And I remember figuring out how to work the chapter system on a DVD because of it. Good for you. Good for you. What about a steamy book that you hide under your pillow? Nope, just a copy of Role Models on DVD. Dipsy can help you get there in a new way. With Dipsy, you get to skip straight to the good parts. So it's kind of like a chapter setting for you. Wow. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Want a British accent whispering in your ear? Hello, 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 love. But it's it's that, but actually good and attractive. Oi, bruv! <laughs> Again, it's like that, but hot and sexy. Or maybe a relaxing sleep story where you cuddle with a lumberjack in his cabin. Ooh. Dipsy has you covered. Ooh, pay- that... <laughs> That, ma- that sentence made me feel so safe and secure. Dipsy is also radically inclusive. They have stories for straight and queer listeners, and 56% of the stories are voice acted by people of color. I cannot tell you how important that is as somebody of, that is a person of color to have representation and be like, I can connect with this. Yeah. New content is released every week, so get some variety in your me time. 
Dipsy is like a sexy buffet where you can try a little bit of everything. Mm. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy stories you can read. So let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or heat things up with a partner. <laughs> That's good because my partner is tired of watching role models on DVD. <laughs> You're going to wear that DVD out, man. <laughs> For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash cult pod. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash cult pod. That's C-U-L-T-P-O-D. Dipsystories.com slash cult pod. All right, all right, all right. What's all this then, eh? That's pretty good. So that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And I learned that from listening to sexy stories. There you go. I learned most of my English from Great British Bake Off, where I'm like, if you put the taco on the guacamole sauce. I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> Whenever The trick to doing a British accent for me, by the way, is to imagine a bulldog with bad teeth. All right, all right, all right. What's all this then? Oh yeah. no, the queen is dead. The queen will be served with a frangipan <laughs> with a puff pastry. <laughs> the queen will be served with six feet's worth of dirt and a celebration by the surrounding peoples. The queen will be buried underneath six cups worth of crushed sandwich cookies <laughs> with gummy worms and chocolate pudding on top to emulate the dirt in a garden. Anyway, so. <laughs> and an appetizer of a Scottish dancing on her grave. <laughs> I just like that you were like, a Scottish. <laughs> a Scottish, you know, one of them Scots. One of them Scots? All right. Uh, so, <laughs> not Scots. All right. <laughs> no closer. Okay, hold on. I got uh, it. All right. All right. Yeah, no, the only Scottish I can do is just like, Claire, I won't have you running away on me. Like, just like Outlander. Like, that's the only one I can Claire, do. I won't have you running around on me. No, no. No, it's no, bad. No. Paige, it's bad. It's bad. And then Claire will always just be like, I am a surgeon. That's like the only thing. She's always yelling about being a surgeon. They can't. Anyway. They, can, they can take our lives, but they'll never take our, our, our beans. And I don't know. So Peter is killed in battle. <laughs> His leaders flee to England where they uh, get turned on by sexy accents. <laughs> um but here's the thing. Peter did enough damage to the crusading, crusading army that the Pope is kind of like, ah, fuck. Well, let's go back to Jerusalem for a bit. And so he sends that army or what's left to it to the Middle East. So from 1216 to 1225, with most of the crusade happening in the Middle East, those who had fled from France to England return and start taking back smaller cities until finally the French royal family had had enough and they formed the Council of Burges, Burges to brainstorm what to do with the Cathars. They raised the largest army yet and they retake everything with the exception of Avignon and they do it bloodily. And they finally, with Avignon, settle for compromise. 
and decide to end the war by offering land and nobility to any non-Cathars fighting against them and reparations for the cities they leveled. So basically they go through and fight and are like, look, you have been fighting us for 10 years. You're fucking tired of it. I know you're fighting against us, but if you're not one of those Cathars or Cathars, we'll give you the land back. We'll help repair your city. You just got to turn the Cathars over to us. And they did. A lot of them did. So at this point, the remaining Cathars are scattered and meeting in secret for the most time, most part, just in time for a new pope, Pope Gregory IX in 1234. And Gregory is like, hey, we don't need to send armies again, right? Let's just have an inquisition. So he forces all Cathars to wear yellow crosses on their clothes as a way to have outward penance towards both the Pope and France. And if you were found without it, you could be prosecuted. They were also drafted into crusade armies for the Holy Land, which again is against their beliefs because they don't like killing anything except for fucking fish. Mm-hmm. And for some of them, they would be assigned monthly scour- scourgings, monthly scourgings, where they would be required to visit a local church completely naked to be whipped in front of an audience. What? Why? Kinky. No. Uh, because it was supposed to be embarrassing and degrading. And it was basically supposed to be like, this is what happens when you disagree with us, essentially. This is horrible and horrific and terrible. And they should never do this to anybody. But there was... Unless someone wants to in a nightclub with a a little bit of latex on. There was definitely one guy who was like, oh, Daddy Gregory. (laughs) Yes, actually. I do love this. I, it, I mean, it is horrible and they are being tortured. But then there's also that scene in Fleabag season two where he says, quit calling me father like it doesn't turn you on just to say it. And I'm like, that's right, hot priest. Oh, yeah. That's right. I, oof. Andrew, what's his name? Andrew Scott or something? I think so. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> but for most people, this was complete torture. Absolute torture. Mm-hmm. Except for, again, one guy who they have hooked up in the bottomless James Bond chair, and he's just nutting all over the altar. <laughs> Rough. Uh, is how that guy likes it. But it's just that one guy. It's just that one anyway. guy. And even though he likes it, it's context of liking it. Just because you want to get whipped doesn't mean you want to get whipped in front of everybody. Well, and this is not necessarily a case where they're practicing aftercare and communication throughout the scene. So, like, Mm -hmm. it's really, it's not the same. Anyway, as long as they complied with their assigned punishments, they could keep their belongings and their property. But if they didn't, they were burned at the stake without question. They found a number of Cathars in uh, Narbonne, where they had kind of collected that we're starting to kind of live more openly and we're not necessarily reporting for their punishments. And so one last military push burned 200 of them in a giant funeral pyre in a place now known as the Field of the Burn. Oh, my God. Following this, 
Obviously, Cathars began practicing in secret and avoiding agents of the church who would question and torture any known Cathars they found. Subsequent popes continued the Inquisition for over a hundred years. The only shift being Pope Clement V, who offered more trial rules for those accused. He appoints a man named Bernard Gouy as the Inquisitor of Toulouse from 1308 to 1323. And Bernard introduces a new rule. If you died during torture or died before recanting your Catharism, your body would be exhumed and burned for good measure. What? Okay. Wow. Jesus fucking Christ. I didn't, I thought, I don't know why, but I thought maybe it was going to be like, if you died during torture, God forgives you and you go to heaven or something. And it was going to be like his way of trying to be a nice guy given the times. No, it's worse. It's somehow mm -hmm. worse than the other stuff. Yep. And with his final push, nearly all remaining clusters of Catharism died out by 1350, particularly in France. There are some clusters that hold on in Spain, but for the most part, they die out within the next 20 or so years after this. And that's where we'll pick up next week. Oh my fucking God, Paige. I, Sorry, I knew this one would be a downer, no, but you know, you, 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 there's always a downer episode after a banger episode. It's the rule of cult podcast. It is, it is indeed. The thing that sucks the most is that we can sum up this entire episode with like an alteration of that clip of Fred Armisen being like, You do this, burned at the stake. <laughs> this, burned at the stake. This, believe it or mm -hmm. not, burned at the stake. Yep. Mm -hmm. Just that's it. That was there for fucking everything. It's so fucking stupid. On a serious note, this is like, this is such a great example of what happens when the established uh, dominant religion basically says that it is God's will for you to do whatever it is that you need to do to like or die. Yeah. Yeah, but I I mean to the soldiers, because you're thinking like, well, why the fuck would anyone think it's okay to do this? Like, how can you be the good guy when you're doing this? But literally, the the guy closest to God is like, nah, dude, Jesus said it was chill as shit, dude. He said it was actually super cool. And not only is it super cool, but you're actually going to go to like super heaven for helping us Extra out. Extra heaven. There's actually, there are, I mean, there's multiple versions of similar things like this happening throughout history and throughout Europe particularly. But in England, when Henry VIII establishes the Church of England, there's a clash between him and the Catholics as well, um, with him kind of doing the reverse of killing a bunch of Catholics. And it's the most depressing season of the Tudors. <laughs> it's, it's season three. Henry, the, Henry Cavill has a great beard curly hair beautiful and then they're sending him out to these wars that he hates so he's just like standing and frowning for like a whole season henry cavill is the episode two of that season where it's just like oh man this all sucks and it's terrible but at least we get to look at henry cavill <laughs> yeah the, yes yeah mm-hmm yep oh my god all right all right all right it's been a good episode <laughs> it's a downer but hey you know what it's good that we covered this. Um, mm -hmm. oh, Jesus Christ. I am glad that it is over, though. Same. Uh, hey, look, if you want to find me, you can. 
um not only on my personal social media at mondo does stuff m-a-n-d-o does stuff that's tiktok twitter instagram etc um but also if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out then tomorrow on october 25th at 6 p.m pacific time i am going live on travel channels tiktok to yes to do a ghost hunt on the warner brothers lot <laughs> It is going to be an absolute blast. Uh, I cannot believe that I get to do this. Also, working with Travel Channel so far has been very fun. Um, Do you think Matthew Perry's career's ghost lives in the friend's couch? oh my god somebody or maybe the ghost of marcel the monkey somebody uh one of my friends wes uh he tweeted at me uh do you think you're gonna get haunted by the ghost of la la land's oscar oh ooh. see here's what i'm thinking is that you set up like the emp stuff so you're like if you can hear us make a noise <laughs> and then it's just joey like Forget about it. <laughs> you echoing through Central you Park. You hear a demonic whisper. How you doing? Doing? How you doing? Doing? Oh my God! Uh, one of the f- we were on a break. <laughs> one of the funnest parts about doing this, by the way, is that uh, they wanted me to make a uh, like a social post to promote this, mm-hmm. which I, I want to be very clear. I am super excited, and working with them so far has been very fun. But it was very funny to me as a comedian when they went, we want you to do a post. And I went, oh, absolutely. And they go, great. We've seen your content. And I go, oh, my God, thank you. And they went, no, we've seen your content. And we actually need you to write out word for word everything that you're going to say. We've heard your dipsy ass. And we know that they only asked you for 30 seconds of reading copy as written. And yet. Well, so Paige, that is the thing. Is that they did ask me to do a one minute long thing where I just look into the camera. And I sent them back a three page script. And said, can you approve all of this? And then afterwards had to go line by line with Travel Channel's like legal team and and fight for every single line. Again, I it sounds like I'm complaining. This is standard practices for stuff like it this. Is, yeah, this is, uh, yes, this is S&P. Yeah, I have yeah. recently, I have recently started working on advertisements for, um, <laughs> for State Farm, uh, for... Fun. I'm writing stuff from for Jake for particular. I'm writing, helping write. I'm helping write stuff for Jake from State Farm, and we had a writers room thing where uh, I can't go into detail about all of it, but I can tell you that the thing that was the funniest to me was trying to figure out what the rules are for Jake from State Farm's ability to be teleported places. <laughs> Is it strange that the second you said the rules and I was like, on how he can exist in space and time, I've wondered this forever. Absolutely. <laughs> there was so many things where like, first of all, so here's what we established. Here's the, uh, and I, I believe truly that I am helping to make the Jake from State Farm canon. So we have established that he cannot teleport. It is not a power that he has. He is summoned by people saying, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there. It is not a power. It is a curse. And he cannot control <laughs> what when it happens or how it happens. We also He's just at home like, ah, oh, 
damn it, I was in the middle of cooking. <laughs> we also established that he cannot bring items with him when he teleports. And so one of... And this is an important question. I'm glad we answered one it. One of the sketches that actually did get in, that we have pitched to them and they were like, but yeah, we like that. This is good. Is that uh, he teleports to bring somebody a lawnmower. And then they, he goes, I've been over this with you. I can't bring stuff with me. And I can't, it's not a power that I have. It's being summoned so that I can come help you. And the guy goes, right. oh, wait, how do you, how are you going to get back home? And Jake from State Farm goes, can I get a ride? And then it cuts to them just in a Toyota Corolla driving, driving him home. back to Jake from State Farm's house. I mean, there's a part of me that wishes you would have had him pull out a Ouija board and spell out <laughs> like a good neighbor State Farm is there backwards. They are. With his eyes rolling back in his head. And then we're like, what is going on at State Farm? <laughs> there were, there, there are, there are about 20 sketches that I have written that were rejected for obvious reasons. <laughs> Each one worse than the last. And some of them. One time he got summoned at the same time as a fly and he shows up as like a hybrid. I cannot tell. I will tell you, Paige, off air what some of the worst of them were. But I'm excited the ones to hear this. that I can probably say because I kept I I became obsessed with Jake from State Farm's power to teleport, and absolutely, and so of course, yeah. Of my course. favorite was we were trying to write one where it was like Jake from State Farm teaching somebody else what it's like, and so I had this line where somebody else was like, "So what is it like?" And Jake goes, "It's like nothing." It's a liminal space between life and death. You neither exist nor don't exist. And every time you do, you see the seams of the universe and how everything is so feeble. It's weak. There's nothing past this plane. And as soon as I finished saying my pitch, everyone, there was just silence and they went unusable, unusable. <laughs> completely you wouldn't okay but he okay but what if after he finishes saying that the person that he's talking to goes so nebraska <laughs> like perfect the other one that i did and this is the last one i promise is that i basically wanted to have one where it implies that jake from stage farm is an eldritch horror that has existed longer than time <laughs> itself and it was like filled with a thing where it was like the ancient so-and-so's called me baphomet you know me as jake from state farm state farm <laughs> called from the deep from the old <laughs> gods who lie dormant beneath the seas yeah of course anyway so in can't next time you watch anything from from jake from state farm know that your boy is back there asking the questions on the <laughs> canon of jake from state farm See, here's why I can't take these jobs. Because you know I would have been right next to you being like, awesome, what if he teleports to a different timeline and gets someone pregnant, but then they send a different Jake from State Farm back to like, you know. Paige, you're hired. Do you need me to write you're the script absolutely. for you? <laughs> Anyway, Travel Channel's TikTok. <laughs> uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, October 25th, 6 p.m. It's going to be great. It's going to be an absolute blast. I am, I, look, I am being as genuine with you as possible. I am actually a believer in ghosts. They freak me out. I don't know everything. Same. I, I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like getting scared. And they already told me that we're going to be in the Warner Brothers lot. One of the things is they told me that we're going to be in the props room um Ooh. with like i mean like props that are 
as old as Warner Brothers itself, and they told me if I break anything that I will never, ever be allowed to work with <laughs> Warner Brothers or Travel Channel again. I mean, the one time I went and saw a live taping of Conan, it was right across from the costume room, and it kind of just looked like an office park. So I'm excited to see where they put you. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and I cannot... Yeah. Having been on the Warner lot a couple times, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So, yes. Anyway, that'll be on Travel Channel's TikTok. Check my Instagram. Check my TikTok for more information. Twitter, too. It's going to be everywhere. But please tune into that. It's going to be a blast. Look, it's going to be me with literally Lizzie and Kelsey Childs walking around trying to make a ghost haunt us. And uh, I'm terrified. I'm genuinely terrified. <laughs> and they also told me not to curse. So I have been playing scary. <laughs> <laughs> Good fucking luck. <laughs> I know. I've been playing scary games and just going. <laughs> Jake from State Farm. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's me, and I love you, and goodbye, and I'll see you tomorrow. Good night, good luck. I love you. Bye. Hey, it's your girls. It's your girl, Paige Wesley. I'm here all the time. Uh, hey, do you remember that one time that Jake from State Farm made a time machine out of a car and went back in time to try and make sure that his parents still met and fell in love, and then he started to disappear from the commercials until somebody summoned him? Anyway, Oh, you're talking about back me. to the farm. <laughs> Yeah, back to the farm chair. Uh, if you want to hear my voice more, you could hear it on Horror Virgin or Mancing the Pod. If you're listening to this on launch day on Monday, then next Monday is Jesus Ween, a.k.a. Halloween. I've been calling it Jesus Ween for like two days. I'm having a blast. Halloween, uh, we have the Roast Battle League Invitational that night at the Comedy Store. It is going to be an amazing show. Definitely get tickets if you're in L.A., uh, as of right now, I don't know that it will be streaming live. I believe the goal is to tape it to then try and sell it to a streaming service or something like that. So if you can see it live, you should definitely do so. That's going to be your best chance to catch it. Uh, and you can look for more details on my Instagram at Rampage Wesley, TikTok at Rampage Wesley, or Twitter at Page Wesley. Uh, thank you so much. I love you. Bye. And hey, if you want to follow Cult Podcast on Instagram, you can at Cult Podcast. Or on Twitter at Cult Podcast Show. You can also send us one of them pretty little emails to Cult Podcast Show at gmail.com. Or if you have stuff to send us, which by the way, for those of you who have sent us things, thank you so much. We're going to oh, talk about them on a Speculation Zone episode. Uh, but Thank you for the gold plates. Thank you for the Garfalos. Uh, we will talk about them in more detail on the speculation zone. Uh, they were very, we were very happy to get them. Very cool shit. Uh, if you want to send us stuff, you can do so at 3756 West Avenue 40, Suite K, number 237, like, like the, the shining. shining, Los Angeles, California, 90065. And I think for this one, I'm going to say... Don't drink fish on accident if there's too many fish. Because like any water, mm. they could just like show up. Mm. And don't <laughs> drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> Bye. Bye. No yeah. need sex make egg. <laughs> don't drink. They could just show up. That's fucking funny. <laughs> All right. Just like, just like Jake from State Farm. You can, just you can show summon up. fish wherever you are. Thank <music> you.